Hi, you are listening to the Inspired Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Michelle Shaw. Be ready to be inspired. Stay kind, hit your goals, regroup, find self-love, make more moments for small joys, and meet my red Doberman fortune from the Sunshine Club. Hope you enjoy this podcast and download it. Thanks for tuning in. Be kind and have an inspired mind. This is Michelle Shaw, and I'm your host of the Inspired Mind Podcast. Welcome. Today, the sun is setting behind a row of trucks. <laughs> I'm right here in front of the YMCA, and it's so packed. I may just have to go back home, but I thought while I'm here, I might as well sit here in my car and, and do a quick podcast to you, dearest listener, um, sharing with you a favorite book that I actually read for the very first time in my 20s. Someone gave it to me as a gift. The name of the book, are you ready? The Game of Life and How to Play It. Of course, this is Florence Scovel Shin. You might already know this book. I often read um, chapters from different books of hers, but I haven't read one, I don't think, in a while from The Game of Life and How to Play It. I actually have um, about half of the book in one podcast, but um that one's from a couple years ago. So here we go. I'm just going to read the very first chapter. And I hope you had a great day. You built yourself up and you took time to smile at everyone you you came across today. And you're recognizing your blessings. That's what I'm trying to do too. And when we recognize our blessings, we, we, we receive just a little bit more joy in our hearts. Isn't that so true? And I just also want to mention my mom and my dad. I'm here in Iowa with them. And I just realized so much wisdom and discernment I have learned is just straight from my parents. And what a blessing it is to have them be a sounding board for me with different things in my life. I hope you have people like that in your life that you can um, trust and give your heart to where you're able to tell them your your troubles or your woes and you know you're safe. It's such a good feeling, isn't it? So here we go. The Game of Life and How to Play It. This is uh, by Florence Scovel Shin. And um, The Game of Life and How to Play It was first published by Florence Scovel Shin in 1925. She self-published this book, okay? And, um, you know, way ahead of the game of the self-publishing and just... Uh, took it upon herself to get her message out there and she became a success in New York City. She was a counselor to many, helping people with their um, life lessons and um, problems and uh, this book she took with her everywhere, giving it to everyone and I just think, wow, that's really wonderful. I wish I had that kind of um, <laughs> that kind of uh, option, just carrying around my books and giving them to people. Here, take my books. Although I did just give a book to a person in my yoga class. However, she asked for one, so I wanted to give her one. And anyway, this is a lovely book because it's basically a philosophy about how to uh, use this philosophy philosophy to find more peace of mind and also lift yourself up during hard times by changing our thoughts, by understanding the power of our words. And this philosophy is all built 
on the Bible. Okay, so you will hear um, different references from the Bible in this chapter. Um, so if you're not religious, just stay with me and, and open your ears and hear her brilliant message. That's it. Here we go. The game. It's the first chapter in the game of life and how to play it. Most people consider life a battle, but life is not a battle. It is a game. It is a game, however, which cannot be played successfully without the knowledge of spiritual law. And the Old and the New Testament give the rules of the game with wonderful clearness. Jesus Christ taught that this was a great game of giving and receiving. Whatsoever a person soweth, that shall they also reap. This means that whatever a person sends out in word or deed will return to them, and he and she or he will give what they receive. If they give hate, they will receive hate. If they give love, they will receive love. If they give criticism, they will receive criticism. If you lie to someone, you will be lied to. If you cheat, you will be cheated. We are also taught that the imaging faculty plays a leading part in the game of life. In Proverbs 23, it says, Keep thy heart, in parentheses, or imagination, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This means that whatever you imagine, sooner or later, will materialize in your affairs. I know of a person who feared a certain disease. It was a rare disease and difficult to get, but this person continued to read about it until they manifested it in their body. And this person died a victim of a distorted imagination. So we see to play successfully the game of life, we must train the imaging faculty. A person with an image, imaging faculty trained to image only good brings into his life every righteous desire of their heart. Health, wealth, love, friends, perfect self-expression, his highest ideals. The imagination has been called the scissors of the mind and it is ever cutting, cutting day by day. The pictures a person sees sooner or later will meet their own creations in this world. To train the imagination successfully, a person must understand the workings of their mind. The Greeks said, know thyself. There are three departments of the mind, the subconscious, the conscious, and the superconscious. The, super, the subconscious is simply power without direction. It's like a steam or electricity. It does, not, it does what it is directed to do, but it has no power of induction. Whatever a person feels deeply or imagines clearly is impressed upon, impressed upon their subconscious mind and carried out in the minutest detail. For example, I know a woman, when a child always made believe she was a widow, she liked to dress up in black clothes, wear a long black veil, and people thought she was very clever and amusing when she was a child. Then she grew up and she married a man whom she was in love with deeply. In a short time after he, um, they were married, he died, and she wore the black and sweeping veil for many years. The picture of herself as a, of a widow was impressed upon her subconscious mind and in due time worked itself out regardless of the havoc recreated. The conscious mind has been called mortal or carnal mind. 
It is the human mind and sees life as it appears to be. It sees death, disaster, sickness, poverty, limitation of every kind and impresses the subconscious. The superconscious mind is God's mind within each man and woman is the realm of perfect ideas. In it, the perfect pattern spoke, spoken of by Plato, the divine design. For there is a divine design for each person. There is a place that you are to fill. No one else can fill something you are to do. You are to fill and no one else can do this, which no one else can do except you. There is a perfect picture of this in the superconscious mind. It usually flashes across the conscious as an unattainable idea, something to be too good to be true. In reality, it is a person's destiny or destination flashed to them from the infinite intelligence which is within themselves. Many people, however, are ignorant of their own true destinies and are striving for things and situations which do not belong to them and would only bring failure and dissatisfaction if attained. For example, a woman came to me and asked me to speak the word that she would marry a certain man whom she was very much in love with. She called him A.B. I replied that this would be a violation of spiritual law, but that I would speak the word for the right man, the divine selection, the man who would belong to her by divine right. I added, if A.B. is right for you, you cannot lose him, and if he isn't, you will receive the equivalent. She saw A.B. frequently, but no headway was made in their friendship. One evening, she called and she said, do you know for the past week, A.B. hasn't seemed so wonderful to me. Maybe he's not my divine selection. Maybe it is someone else. Soon after that, she met another man and fell in love with. And she said he was her ideal. In fact, he said all things that she had always wished A.B. would have said to her. She remarked it was quite uncanny. Soon returned his love, and she lost all interest in A.B. This shows the law of substitution. A right idea was substituted for a wrong one. Therefore, there was no loss or sacrifice involved. Jesus Christ said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you. And his kingdom was within each person. The kingdom is the realm of right ideas of the divine pattern. Jesus Christ taught that a person's words played a leading part in the game of life. By your words, ye are justified, and by your words, you are condemned. Many people have brought disaster into their lives through idle words. For example, a person once asked me why their life was now poverty and limitation. Formerly, she had a home surrounded by beautiful things and plenty of money. We found she often tried of management of her home and said, repeatedly said, I'm sick and tired of these things. I wish I lived in a trunk. Today, I'm living in that trunk. She had spoken herself into the trunk. The, sub the subconscious mind has no sense of humor, and people often joke themselves into unhappy circumstances. For example, a woman who had a great deal of money kept joking 
Getting ready for the poorhouse in a few years, she was almost destitute, having impressed the subconscious mind with a picture of lack and limitation. Fortunately, the law works both ways, and the situation of lack may be changed to one of plenty. She came to me on a hot summer's day for the treatment for prosperity. She was worn out, dejected, and discouraged. She said she possessed just $8 in the world. And I said, good, we will bless the $8 and multiply them. As Jesus Christ multiplied the loaves and the fishes, for he taught that every person has the power to bless and multiply, to heal and to prosper. And she said, what will I do next? I replied, follow intuition. Have you a hunch to do anything or to go anywhere? Intuition means to be taught from within. It is man's or woman's in unerring guide. And I will deal more fully with this law in the next chapter. The woman replied, oh, I don't know. I, I don't seem to have a hunch. I just may have a hunch to go home. I just don't have enough money for care fare. Her home was in a distant city and one of lack and limitation. And the reasoning mind would have said, stay in New York and get work and make some money. I replied, then go home. If you feel like you must go home, do not violate that hunch. So I spoke the word for her in this quote, infinite spirit, open the way of great abundance for this person. She is, is an irresistible magnet for all that belongs to her by divine right. I told her to repeat it constantly to herself. She left for home immediately. In calling on a woman one day, she linked up with an old friend of her family. And through this friend, she received thousands of dollars in the most miraculous way. She's often said to me, tell people about the woman that came to you with $8 that had a hunch. There's always plenty on a person's pathway, but it can only be brought into manifestation through desire, faith, and the spoken word. Jesus Christ brought out clearly that a man or a woman must first ask, must make the first move, meaning Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. In the scriptures we read concerning the works of my hand, command ye me. Infinite intelligence, God, is ever ready to carry out our smallest and greatest demands. Every desire, uttered or unexpressed, is a demand. We are often startled by having a wish suddenly fulfilled. For example, one Easter, having seen a beautiful rows of trees and floors in the windows, I wished I would have received one. And for an instant, I saw mentally being carried out the door. Easter came, and with it, a beautiful rose tree. I thanked my friend the following day and told her it was just what I had wanted. She replied, oh, I didn't send you a rose tree. I sent you lilies. The man had mixed up the order and sent the rose tree simply because I had started the law of attraction. I had to have that rose tree. Nothing stands between a person and their highest ideals and every desire of their heart but doubt and fear. 
When a person can wish without worrying, every desire will be instantly fulfilled. I will explain more fully in the following chapter the scientific reason for this and how fear must be erased from the consciousness. It is only a person's enemy, fear or lack, fear of failure, fear of sickness, fear or loss, fear of insecurity on some plane. Jesus Christ said, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Matthew eight twenty six. So we can see we must substitute faith for fear. For fear is only inverted faith. It is faith in it is faith in evil instead of good. The object of the game of life is to see clearly one's good and obliterate all mental pictures of evil. This must be done by impressing the subconscious mind with the realization of good. A very brilliant man who has, has attained great success told me he had suddenly erased all fear from his consciousness by reading a sign which hung in a room. He saw printed in large letters the statement, Why worry? It probably will never happen. These words were stamped indelibly upon his subconscious, and he now his firm conviction that only good can come into his life, therefore only good can manifest. In the following chapter, I will deal with a different method of impressing the subconscious mind. It is a man's faithful servant, but one must be careful to give it right orders. Man has ever silent listener at his side, his subconscious or her subconscious. <laughs> every thought, every word is impressed upon and carried out in imagining detail. It is like a singer making a record on a sensitive disc of the phonographic plate. Phonographic plates, every note, every tone of the singer's voice is registered. If he coughs, coughs or hesitates, it is also registered. So let us break all the old bad records in our subconscious mind. Let us break the records of our lives which we do not wish to keep and make new and beautiful ones. Speak the words aloud and power and conviction. I now smash and demolish every untrue record in my subconscious mind. They shall return to me dust heap of their native nothingness for they came from my own vain imaginings. I now make my perfect records to the Christ within, the records of health, wealth, love, and perfect self-expression. This is the square of life, the game completed. In the following chapters, I will share how a person can change their conditions by, con by changing their words. Any person who does not know the power of the word is behind the times. And here is Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. <laughs> and that's the first chapter in the game of life and how to play it. You know what? I'm just going to keep reading this book to you. Um, I, I will just keep reading this book aloud to you because just reading that book, that first chapter to you, is just exactly what I need to hear too, right? So sometimes we have an urge or a desire to do something. I've been carrying this book with me. I love her writing, her philosophy. And um, so guard your thoughts, guard your words, don't make 
Um, don't have self-deprecating sense of humor too much. Build yourself up. Build those up around you and watch your world slowly change to be exactly what you wish it to be. You know, sometimes we give ourselves our own limitations or our own um, boxes of fear. Like she said, that, you know, may never happen. Why well, think it worry? What do we worry about? Usually doesn't even happen. I can tell you many things in my life that I'm worried about that just never happened, right? We've all been there. So that's it from Game of Life. The Game of Life and How to Play It. That's Florence Scovel Shin, one of my heroes. I never got to meet her. But boy, I feel like I know her in spirit from reading her um, books so much. And I love to read them to you, dearest listener, because I want you to benefit from her philosophy. Because I will tell you, and you know what I'm talking about. We're living in a world that sometimes wants to make us feel small. That, you know, the ads we're inundated with are like, oh, you need this or you need that. There's something wrong with your personality. Or, you know, take this test to see what ailment you have. It's just all of these ads that are situated for a company to make money, you know, playing on our fears and you need to watch that. So if, if you are inundated by ads that are targeting things that are like seeds of doubt, just wipe it off your off your phone, meaning don't click on it, scroll past it and make sure you're only giving yourself powerful imaging for your health, for your wealth, for your future, for all of those around you and those that support your dreams and also for, you know, people you come in contact with. I always try to think the best about their lives. My yoga students, I try to imagine them having the best day and, and you know, our imaging our faculty of our imagination window when we pray when we connect with others we have that lift that we can give each other right i know i've received it from my parents from strangers from yoga students that have just come in and they've swooped me up with their kindness so never ever believe that you don't have the power of influence you do and as you've just heard in the game of life and how to play it it all starts with us, right? That's it from my heart to yours. I'm watching the um, <laughs> YMCA. Everyone's kind of leaving now. I'm going to go home and do yoga. It's a packed house in there. So um, I'm coming up myself. I've shared a little bit this month about dealing with grief because I lost my beloved fortune boy that I, fe- I, I did feature a lot on this um, podcast. But you know, I've got good news for you. I believe that he's um, in another place and I'll get to see him someday when that time happens. But in the meantime... I am here on this earth and there's so much joy left to still live. And um, if you're dealing with grief, hang in there and um, let the tears come. You know, so you just have to feel that, feel those feelings sometimes. Just don't let them take you down and keep speaking beautiful words of joy around your life around others and watch your world change. That's it from my heart to yours. Stay kind and have an inspired mind. I'm out. Hi, this is Michelle Scholl, your host from the Inspired Mind Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that last podcast. Please connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you there. Michelle underscore Scholl. 
S-H-U-L-L, at um, Instagram and on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm not on there quite as much, but I do have a page there. And also find mangojane.co. I have a a page there, news, where I update, share moments, uh, kind of like a column, different things going on with the, the books that I'm publishing through Mango Jane, the public domain books, and some of my own writing. Hey, take care, stay inspired, and, and don't give up hope on your future. Yes, there will be hard times. Get through them by creating those little moments of joy, just like the Sunshine Club. I'm here for you, and I'm grateful for you. Thanks for listening. Oh, thank you.